With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To infinity and beyond. This is me. This is how I win. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! You're a wizard, Harry. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. No. I am your father. Hasta la vista. Baby. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back inside the film room. Zach Goins here with Johnny Sobchak. Johnny, how are we? How are we doing? Well, I'm doing well. How, how are you doing, Zach? I'm great because we're finally back in the MCU. We are. What a day. What a time. It's been a long drought. Yeah, the drought's up. Um, I know yeah. you're, you, you're, you like the MCU, but you're also like the machine of the MCU. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you probably like relish the drought, whereas I'm more like, yes, it's over. Yeah. I mean, it was just because, I mean, we've we've been, you know, bombarded for the last 10 plus years um with stuff and but you're in the middle of your rewatch so you can't really talk too much i know reagan's oh, love oh yeah i'm, I'm, I'm rewatching it i'm rewatching the entire mcu um and uh you know I, i'm enjoying it it's a good time it's a great time and i guess yeah it's kind of it's kind of funny how it's coinciding with wandavision launching and um i get to appreciate some of the little details and hints and, and character bits as they you know tie in together as they always do uh but yeah so i i'm definitely not going to be a hypocrite <laughs> on this one yeah um, for sure well i mean i know last week we kind of i sprung the plan on you to review lockdown on hbo max but <laughs> we were going to have our little wandavision segment so instead not great reviews from what we've heard of lockdown joel winstead our uh, one of our contributing writers he wrote a review on the website if you want to check it out but you know his one star was not super convincing to either of us so we decided to cancel lockdown wandavision was great so why not make it a full wandavision episode so since we got two episodes 
we're going to expand that segment that we're going to start up, I guess, next week into a full WandaVision episode today as we dive into it. So that's what's on tap today. Of course, we've got our news as well to, to get into. But as always, before all that, what's been going on? I know you said you got your, your rewatch. You're in the midst of that. Where are you? What, what stage? Yeah. What phase? That's basically been, you know, well, it's kind of funny because as, as hard as we've been going on that over the last week or so, I, we have been able to sneak in a decent amount of other films as well, which has been nice to kind of break up the, uh, the constant famous MCU tone of everything. Um, we just are finishing up Guardians of the Galaxy right now, the first movie. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge like the last two days. Uh, we started not even super late. We're usually up pretty late, but we started it a couple days ago and she knocked out like towards the end of the first act essentially. And so we stopped. And then yesterday we restarted and watched almost all of it. And then like last like 30 minutes again, she fell asleep. So um, we're going to finish it today for sure. And then we'll hop into age of Ultron. Um, and then, uh, you know, Ant-Man to finish out phase two, Hopefully we can get at least one of those done tonight. Um, but she's been loving it. Um, she has seen a handful of them, as I said on Twitter. Um, so she knows some things, but is mostly unfamiliar, which has been pretty fun to kind of just see her. You know, I'm so into movies and pop culture and the MCU, like superhero side of things, that it's right. strange to like hear reactions and like commentary from someone who is like completely unknown to just the most basic, like, Iron Man background and like, knowledge and all that Captain all America that's associated with it exactly so it's definitely been fun she's been having a blast with it and uh yeah, I'm excited to keep keep chugging along we're kind of our, our unofficial goal is to finish before the end of the month so we'll see if we can make and that so happen. I assume she has not I know you we have both seen the first three episodes of WandaVision she's not yeah. watching anything until yeah you get I'm to the end of Spider-Man yeah yeah, when we finish Far From Home, then we can, or at least Endgame, then then we can hop into WandaVision and then, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and the rest of the, the slate coming this year. So it'll be fun to, I think it's a good idea too, is to get it done this month and then it's going to be just onslaught the rest of the year and the next right. year. So it'll be fun to have her caught up on everything. Right, where most of us are getting the, the re return of three TV shows and two movies, you're getting... 23 movies plus two new ones plus three tv shows so you're really in the the return of, yeah. of the mcu we're in the heat of it absolutely well i've not been doing any sort of mcu rewatch like i said did the the three episodes of wandavision uh which unfortunately we can only talk about two today just don't want to <laughs> i mean kind of a flex there but you know it is what it is uh but i rewatched promising young woman uh i saw did that you did, did. As, you did as well yeah um but i'm excited that we talked about it a lot last week about like the the rewatching and seeing if it holds up and all that stuff i know it had only been like probably two weeks three weeks since i had watched it the first time yeah uh but i watched it with rebecca and she was really into it as well um yeah good but it was it's exciting that that's kind of like gone wide now on paid vod so more people yeah. can see it um but yeah, I mean, I really, I still gave it five stars, which was obviously my initial rating as my top movie of last year. So I think that it definitely still lived up to the hype. It wasn't a, it confirmed that I wasn't overreacting, like just based on my 
my excitement the first time. So that was always reassuring, as we said last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. I mean, I, I loved rewatching it. I think I appreciate it even more. And, and she was a big fan of it as well. So it's cool to show, show it to her. Trying to think. I, I know I mentioned it last week. I am diving into Shit's Creek now. I'm about three quarters of the way through the first season. So I'm not like marathoning or anything, but it's very funny. It's lived up to, to the hype, the expectations <laughs> from what I've been told from everyone. So that's my, my new t- on the TV front. Uh, I'm trying to, I haven't really been watching too much this week. I've been slacking. Yeah, I've been, I've been going, uh, incredibly hard on the watching (laughs) this month. I I, I think I'm just trying to get, get the the new year off on the right foot. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of the MCU stuff, I watched, uh, I rewatched on Sunday. I showed it to my brother, Denis Villeneuve's film from 2010. Um, is this in preparation for your, your discord or is that, are you going to rewatch it again, again? I'll be, I'll be rewatching again for sure. But this was just kind of, cause he hadn't seen it yet. And with Dune coming up, I was like, Oh, this is like the last like big, you know, Villeneuve movie you really got to watch. So he was down. And then I showed my girlfriend and, and her mom punch drunk love, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and, and Adam Sandler, which was just as great as it was the first time I saw it um and then the truman show as well the other night um which which is kind of funny because we were talking about this in the group chat the truman show i think is definitely at least a a small influence on wandavision and some of what we're seeing in that show so it'll be kind of fun to bring that back up later on when we get to that discussion well yeah you've been way busier than i have it sounds like as far as watching stuff goes yeah (laughs) i'll have to i'll have to get back into it get my my grind on you you had the right approach though with I know this is like a weirder year than normal with like delays and everything and that January is not quite the January of normal where it's like Uh -uh. just a drought or like complete stinkers but like it's still January so like I should use this time to catch up with some stuff or to watch some some stuff that I'd never seen before so I'll I promise by next week I'll I'll have a couple more things under my belt to add to the discussion (laughs) sweet well, shall we get into the news? There's a pretty, uh, we've been kind of lacking in news recently, but that we've got quite a few things on the, the slate today. So I think let's, let's yeah. get right into it. Absolutely. Well, speaking of like all of 2021 and what's to come, we got two big teasers. Like, I don't know, there's not a ton of content from them, but just like hype, excitement. And that's for Netflix and HBO Max, both released like a little sizzle reel uh, of what's to come. Obviously, Netflix is just like churning out things. They're going to be doing a new movie every week of the year. Um, so at least 52 movies from them. I think it's probably way more than that in reality. Uh, but I'd say that from like that, something. yeah, I'd say from that, not there for every like one that we're going to review and watch and stuff, there's probably like two or three like cheap rom-coms or comedies or something like that that they just like kind of mass produce but there were a couple highlights i'd say the closing they knew what they were doing with it by closing the whole two minute sizzle or whatever it was with don't look up first look at leo and j-law as Mm. they're getting ready to save the world and adam mckay's new comedy i know (laughs) did we even get any dialogue i don't think there no no just just leo looking over at jennifer do you have initial reactions other than how great leonardo dicaprio's beard is (laughs) um it's hard to it's hard to really say the the look of it um just from a visual standpoint it you know looks pretty similar to vice and the big short um 
kind of that almost like documentary style um or, it looked or like they were what getting off of like a, a big like a big like army uh, airplane like hangar yeah, yeah. Like a cargo plane. um but yeah no I, I really just have my fingers crossed i hope you know it's re- like he really goes for the the comedy with this one um you know I, there's gonna be of course plenty of social commentary and, and satire i'm sure and I, I really just i want it to be good it has such a good cast and i think it would just be a, a total disappointment if it doesn't live up to that that billing with the talent involved yeah i agreed and then we also speaking of big billing big talent from mm. from netflix maybe more on the billing side than the talent side but still <laughs> still great uh red notice obviously has been much hyped from for quite a while with with uh ryan reynolds and whom Wayne, exactly? just like the hype of like it was the biggest deal in netflix history or whatever so that's pretty that's hyped right. that that's a that's a big build of hype i would say but ryan reynolds dwayne the rock johnson gal gadot that's like a pretty pretty stellar billing i would say and this is like the international espionage thriller i mean if anything this is going to be a big blockbuster level thing that's super entertaining i feel like it may not be like a best picture nominee or a great screenplay but like i'm gonna watch it with some popcorn and i'm gonna have fun uh i can say with almost complete certainty i'm not gonna watch this movie <laughs> Johnny Unless hates fun. Why do you hate fun? I like fun when it's good. And I, I have very, very low expectations for The Rock and Ryan Reynolds teaming up. So um as much I mean, as they I were like great Ryan, together in they were great together in Hobbs and Shaw. I have not seen Hobbs and Shaw. Missing um, out. But <laughs> I think it's definitely gonna be a huge movie. It's funny too, because I I I think was this a rumor, like a legit report, and did it actually go through or not? But Tom Cruise, I think, at one point was it was said to be talking about showing up in this movie or maybe showing up in like a cameo or something. I don't know if that actually ended up happening, but that would have been one thing to try and loop me in because <laughs> just any opportunity to see Tom Cruise do some something crazy. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I know that this was a huge undertaking and paying these three stars was probably not not cheap, but. Um, I'm waiting on the gray man. I'm waiting on the, the Russo bros and, and the Goss and Chris Evans to, to get the, the stunts and heavy action $200 million uh, Netflix movie going and hopefully this year um, and then we can see it next year. But Well, on the flip side, I guess, if there's nothing else in the Netflix reel to get you excited, I, mean, I know there was a couple things in the, the HBO Max reel. What, what were your biggest, the biggest winners there? Well, everyone was talking about Godzilla and King Kong, obviously. Um, uh, it, they, they kicked off the, the little, it was 30 second, you know, advertisement, just quick glimpses of everything. But kicking it off with King Kong punching Godzilla in the face is a good, always <laughs> a good safe bet to get some excitement going. Um, it looks exactly like you would expect it to look. It looks just like Godzilla 2014, looks just like the second Godzilla, looks similar to Kong Skull Island. So, um, you know, good effects. Looks like it'll be a fun time. Um, and along with with that, you know, talking about Godzilla versus Kong, some pretty significant news. Um, this was expected to come out in like four months on May 21st. You know, as the vaccine rolls out and more theaters open, hopefully that was going to be kind of a big screen event. Now it's been moved up into March, March 26th. Still going to be in theaters where when it's available, and then of course overseas where a lot of people don't have HBO Max. Um, 
and then of course at home in, in the US on HBO Max. So it's gonna be interesting. Are you, is there, is there any possible chance, Zach, that you go to the theater to watch this movie in March or April? I would say, def, I would say not definitely, because who knows what'll happen, but I'd say probably not. Just if it was May, then there's a chance, but I feel like March is too soon. I'm, I'm puzzled by that move if they're trying to make it a big theatrical thing. And especially because like I haven't even I haven't seen Kong Skull Island or Godzilla 2014. So I'm not like emotionally invested in this whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if anybody's like emotionally invested, but like yeah. this isn't like on my calendar. I'll watch it because it's a new movie, especially right. if it's on HBO Max. But I'm not going to go out if I'm still unvaccinated by then just to watch this in a theater. Yeah, that's that's probably a fair and safe bet. Um, but that is part. Do you have any idea why they I, I guess just. Obviously, they want to get stuff out think, sooner, but like, if they're trying the, to make it a theatrical event, moving it up two months seems possible. Well, I still think that they are. Well, I think they're thinking about it along those lines of a theatrical event, just not a theatrical event for the U.S. Um, they're thinking overseas. They're thinking of like Asian markets, China, which has been fairly secure. Um, and, you know, they had the largest box office total of last year, uh, even over the United States for like the first time or something. Um, so... I think they're banking on and and the the latest Godzilla movie King of the Monsters from a couple of years ago did it made more overseas than it made in the US. Um so I think that's kind of what they're thinking they're kind of like just get it get it out now. Um you know they'll kind of do some sort of marketing push these last couple of months and then and then just get it out and I think also they want something more marquee on HBO right. Max more recently more you know as soon as possible to get you know subs coming in quicker and and of course this also coincided with the news that the Sopranos spinoff film, um, The Many Saints of Newark, is going to be pushed from March, around the time Godzilla vs. Kong is supposed to come out, into September. So I think that kind of gave him opportunity, get this other big, big, much bigger movie in there, and then just kind of use that as a buffer. Um, and they also struck a deal recently with Legendary, it was reported. So there's no conflict over this movie anymore it's just the financials are settled and they're just going to get it out there and, and see what happens um which is interesting i mean I, I'm, I'm not the expert on, on that but it'll be interesting and i think we also got some other cool footage in here um as excited as people were about that that was not what i thought was the most exciting thing i thought that the first look at space jam a new legacy with lebron james and and bugs bunny looked pretty neat um i thought the the effects looked really cool i thought the colors were, were popping um it gave me a little bit of ready player one vibes almost um but I, I i like what i saw and then we got a little bit of mortal Kombat. i think a little bit of james wan's malignant um clint eastwood's new movie cry macho so there's plenty of stuff in there and they're still advertising dune so that that hasn't been sorted out yet but they, they still have that plan and um, i thought there was also the i think you noted it on twitter of like the it said like movies and dates subject to change. So like right. they still could be. Uh, yeah, they're, still, said, they're no, still covering their butts on that for sure. Um, right. They someone, could pull Dune from an HBO Max and make it strictly theatrical depending right. on the, the situation. Yeah. And, so, and, a, and a user pointed out to me um, correctly that the initial HBO Max um, advertisement from like, I think it was December also had that same disclaimer. So that, that's something that they've, clearly already had been thinking about because um, they you know again they said this is a 2021 plan but you know if they get slighter into a year and theaters are doing better vaccines getting out there and whatnot you know at what point do they maybe consider 
maybe the Matrix 4 won't be on HBO Max or, or something like that. Um, and then, of course, the whole Dune situation is kind of its own thing. But um, what did you like the most out of this this little 30-second I mean, it was there wasn't necessarily anything, I think, that was like... I mean, like you said, it's 30 seconds. There was about 15 movies. So it's like you're getting a max, like, <laughs> two, two seconds. seconds. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like that was any... And then, like, half of it was just, like, titles flashing on the screen. So, yeah, exactly. you know, I mean... LeBron and Bugs Bunny looks cool. Space Jam. If you go to, if you have been, if you went to UNC, like you're obligated to say like Space Jam is the best movie of all time, just because <laughs> of the Michael Jordan connection. So I mean, what's go. not to be excited about there? I think I I, I think it might have been Connor Lawler in our chat was just saying that that could be like the surprise. You were high on it after that, but just yeah. But there's a lot of potential for for surprise there. The I think the talent involved is good. Even the bar is very hard. low, I would say, for like actual yeah. expectation, like other than just like being entertained. <laughs> yeah, if I that agree. makes sense. So, like, I think that they could pull off like a fun family comedy, and like LeBron yeah. is very likable and like has relatively good like camera presence, and and has proven that. I, like, I know he was in Trainwreck, and so I don't He's know. I think that that has a lot of potential to to be more than just like a a cheap kind of like spinoff of the original a nostalgia grab yeah I'm, I'm certainly down you know I'll, I'll uh you know it comes out in the middle of summer as well so hopefully you know more people can go check it out in theaters too um but yeah I think it's gonna be a good a good year um as it as it's looking now um I'd love to be in the theaters sooner rather than later but you know safety is number one so um but as the the streamers are going kind of tit for tat Netflix is out here. They're buying stuff up. Didn't we just talk about a Gal Gadot espionage thriller? We sure did, Zach. And this one sounds like it may be a little bit maybe of the more serious side, even than um, Red Notice, which is kind of more like that action comedy. Um, It's coming from... Red Notice seems more in the the Fast and the Furious vein. Yes. Whereas this might be more like spy international kind of... And we can even see um, Tom Harper is going to direct it. Um, and he did the Aeronauts, which I believe was with Felicity Jones and um, ah, Newt Scamander from <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne and Wild Rose. Um, so uh, the Aeronauts is certainly no Fast and Furious. Um, yeah, I never actually ended up seeing that, but I know it was definitely yeah. more of the the serious. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, he's directing this us. movie. Yeah, this movie, we didn't mention the title. It's called Heart of Stone. Uh, it's billed as an international action epic, uh, also an espionage thriller. Has not been shot yet and is still in early stages of production. So this is not going to be like a 2021 release. No, definitely not. Unless there's a miracle. But <laughs> it is also, one thing that excites me and probably does not excite Johnny <laughs> is that it's from a screenplay by Greg Rucka who did... Uh, the Old Guard, a previous Netflix film from last year, the Charlize Theron uh, action movie. So I was high on that. Johnny was not. So maybe he'll continue to be good for me and redeem himself for Johnny <laughs> in this. I mean, we know Wonder Woman 1984 aside, like Gal is a like talented actress and she has like a yeah. great like stage, pre- not stage presence, but the equivalent of that on camera. So screen presence <laughs> screen presence there you go so i'm yeah. excited for that i mean it still seems pretty far off if they're this early in production but the fact yeah. that like netflix is buying it 
it's not like they're buying it and it's completed or something like that. So there might be some, I don't know, Netflix spin on it or something. Sort of, yeah, package thing happening. Greg Rucka, I mean, he's a talented, he's a, he's a very good comic book writer. I just can't, you know, maybe his screenplay work will be more up to snuff this time around. But And this is not, I don't yeah. believe it's like any sort of adaptation. It's, so it's yeah. not like he's like yeah. Yeah. taking it from the comics. His own thing, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm more excited about a couple of these other projects that we uh, are getting more and more news on, which is exciting. What um, you got? Let's hear it. Oh, I got something for you. <laughs> um, I got something for you called The Whale. And it's uh, a little bit of a, I would say it's a Return of the King situation, but Darren Aronofsky has proven to be more divisive, I think, than uh, some other filmmakers. Um, but he is coming back after Mother, uh, which was in 2017, and was definitely one of the, the most uh, divisive movies I, th- I can remember uh, of recent years. Did you see that, Zach? Have you seen it? I did not, no. I remember oh. being like intrigued by it, by the trailers, but I never actually saw it. And I have no, like, I know, I'm pretty sure Jake loved it, I think. It's wild, man. Um, my, I think my estimation of it has gone down since, since it came out, but it's still, it's a wild experience. I would definitely recommend checking it out if you're interested. But Darren Aronofsky is coming back to the big screen after a few years is gone, and he is teaming up with A24 and the man himself, Brendan Fraser, um, who's kind of like making a little bit of a resurgence in the last few years as well. It's a brendaissance. Uh, it's a Brendan Sons, yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm excited because, well, A24, I mean, they're, they're on a, a tear right now, um, which is always exciting. And because they, they're also teaming up with Alex Garland, which, was, which we talked about last week on the show. But this one, Darren Aronofsky, he's never shied away from strange and disturbing material. Uh, this story is going to uh, focus on a 600-pound middle-aged man named Charlie and his attempts to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter um and and i guess he's like a a morbidly obese recluse and he's kind of gonna come out of the shell it seems like to try to reconnect with his daughter it's a very very strange log line uh to be sure it's based on a play from a few years ago um so uh, it's an adaptation it's not something completely original i mean i don't know how the hell they're going to do this i'm sure it's going to be some sort of heavy makeup and prosthetics and, and maybe some visual effects to transform Brendan Fraser. It's, it's funny. I think uh, he's just gonna, he's just gonna start eating now and just, <laughs> he's gonna he's Christian Bale method. it. He's going full method. Yeah. Christian Bale. Um, yeah. So this is, this is, uh, it, what do you think? Are you excited about this project based on what you, what you're getting here? Well, my first thought when I heard this was the from Seven, the the gluttony killer, or when he yeah, the yeah. the glutton victim, um, which is probably not what this is going to be like whatsoever, but size wise probably similar. Um, but I'm on the IMDb page for this right now, and first off, it says I, I who knows if this is accurate, but it's listed as a comedy drama. So I thought this would be more drama route than any comedy at all, but. <laughs> You know, maybe they're maybe that is how they're going to do it. I don't know. And also worth noting that Google is very good because on the side for my ads, there's an ad for my 600 pound life. So they're pretty spot on here. <laughs> um, but 
I don't know. I mean, this is definitely something that sounds like one of those really weird A24 movies. Yeah. But they've proven themselves to be very, they, they deliver with that. Like, it's like, oh, that sounds weird. It must be an A24 movie. And it's actually like very good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'll see it regardless. I, I'm excited yeah. to, to just kind of take this weird trip, it sounds like. Yeah, no, I think it'll certainly be different at the very least. Um, and, uh, you know, Aronofsky, I haven't seen a lot of his films, um, but I, I think he's always trying to do something to, you know, push the envelope and just do something a little different. So I can always respect that. And Brendan Fraser, I mean, he's a great actor. It's cool to see him getting some more work. So, yeah, let, I, you know, whether it be this year or next year, it's something to keep an eye out for. Um, but I'd say next year, if he has to gain all that weight, it might give him a, <laughs> some time. Well, um, on the flip side of that, we have something that uh, is a little less unsettling. It's actually a little bit more exciting than, than The Whale. Um, David O. Russell, his untitled upcoming movie, which no one knows anything about, really. Um, Haven't we seen some set, some set photos from have, that? We have seen. It's just basically Christian Bale walking around in clothes, so it's hard to really... I thought we saw Bradley Cooper in... Is that a different movie? You're, might, that, you're thinking of Nightmare Alley, I think. Okay, okay. That's Guillermo del Toro, um, which should be out later this year. But um, David O. Russell, who is, of course, known from, uh, you know, Silver Linings Playbook and uh, The Fighter and... and um, American made. He he's a he's a a polarizing figure in, in a lot of respects, but he certainly knows how to put talent in front of the camera. And uh, I think his last like four movies or three movies combined have like twelve Oscar nominations or something like that for acting alone, which is crazy. Um, so it's no surprise that he's able to pull together the cast that he does. But we already had Christian Bale, we had Margot Robbie, we had John David Washington, which is a great trio and could certainly carry any movie on their own. Um, then we got uh, Rami Malek this week, Zoe Saldana, those two were added in. And then like the next day it was reported by Deadline that the cast is also adding Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Michael Shannon, Andrea Riseborough, Timothy Oliphant, Michael Schoenartz, and Alessandro Navala. Um, I I hate to say because I really don't like David Russell, uh, but damn, this is this is kind of an irresistible cast. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all over the place too. Of like, okay, well, we've got like the legend with like Robert De Niro, and then like I guess the modern legend of like Christian Bale's like one of the top guys at the moment like Mike Myers being a kind of out there dated comedian Chris Rock old comedian but serious as well and like the young stars like John David Washington Anya Taylor-Joy like it's a well very well-rounded and like super star-studded cast so that's makes it exciting on its own as you said we don't know anything about what this is going to be really but I want to say it's something that we discussed you and I and Jake and our our group chat of like making these giant team up movies, you know, like we were kind of relating it to the rest of Hollywood is doing what like Marvel does, you Mm -hmm. know, and like making these big crossover events of like, whether it's don't look up and that 
cast that ranges from Leonardo DiCaprio to Ariana Grande or like this <laughs> here like we're just gonna throw 10 movie stars in here because who doesn't want to see your favorite yeah. actors all together at the same time right yeah I mean it's 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 a notable trend at this point without a doubt and in, in especially over the last year year and a half um and like I was saying with even with David Russell in particular though I mean this is something he's kind of been doing for like ever it seems like um and it was american hustle i said american made earlier but american hustle which was 2013 um you know christian bale bradley cooper jennifer lawrence amy adams all four of them got nominated for oscars um you know before that he had silver linings playbook bradley cooper jennifer lawrence robert Mm -hmm. de niro all three of them got nominated for oscars i mean it's like he likes loading his cast up like this and this is without a doubt his most loaded cast to date. And maybe it is kind of falling into that, that trend that, that we noted. Um, I'm not going to complain. Absolutely not. Um, I'm very curious to see what the story is all about, how all these, these actors are going to factor in. Um, I just hope for a good movie at the end of the day. I hope that it's the same thing like I was saying with, with don't look up, Um, you know, hopefully all, all the talent is able to flourish and kind of, you know, serve their role on screen without, you know, stepping on each other's toes. Yeah, I'm with you there. So moving on, we have some MCU news before we get into our WandaVision stuff. And that is some pretty big news, but I'm still kind of confused on what it actually means (laughs) because we had Deadline broke the news that Chris Evans was going to be returning or was in talks to return to the MCU as Captain America, but then it wasn't. And then Chris Evans tweets news to me and now it's kind of just like he's supposedly returning not going to be his own movie maybe pop up in another Avengers standalone adventure or something like that but it's unclear when and where and it's also not entirely clear that it will be Captain America which opens up the door complete wild speculation but with WandaVision with multi- the multiverse of madness with Spider-Man three, we know that the MCU is headed towards alternate realities and stuff. So could he be coming back as the human torch from fantastic four from like, what was that? Like 2003. Mm, I'm going to say no on that one. (laughs) I don't think um, he's going to come back as someone else i don't think he's gonna come back as human torch for sure um just because i think it's like it's funny to a point and like in theory but i feel like he wouldn't actually want to do that if that makes sense um and you know it is it is unclear you know what exactly this is gonna mean um you know with as you said there is dr strange which is you know, really still trying to get off the ground as far as filming goes. I mean, it doesn't come out for like another year, but, um, and then Spider-Man 3 is close, close to getting done. They're still, they're still filming, but, you know, it's possible he's snuck onto one of these sets and, you know, gotten some sort of like tiny cameo, like you mentioned, but I, who knows? I I think, I think if you're going to bring him back, I think it has to be something a little bit more significant than that. Um, Just Right, like make it, it was such a dramatic send off and like the perfect end. Yeah. And it's like, why would you waste that for something that's like, oh, here's Cap, he throws yeah. his shield once and then he's out. Yeah. That's what like, I feel like that it has to be either something significant or something that is like literally a two second thing. Like, 
right how, i know yep. we, how we talked about like the the like swinging through in spider-man 3 for example like the swinging yeah. through different universes and it's like oh there's alfred molina for two seconds as like he's not actually in the movie but he pops up it would have to be like something like that maybe but you know i don't want him to come in for maybe like 10 minutes and be like more than just like a two-second cameo but not quite right. a well, a uh, full-blown role. That's the thing is, like, a lot of people. I mean, this news dropped, and it was like, well, just Justin Kroll, the reporter at Deadline, who who dropped it, was like really hyping it up. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And when it dropped, I was like, okay, it's <laughs> like this is not earth-shattering news by any stretch of the imagination to me. Um, it's not something like I'm like, oh my god, that's like such a shocking thing, or it's like, oh my god, I'm so excited. It's like. Uh, I mean, he his his character was so well, you know, resolved at the end of Endgame, and he it was you know the perfect as you said send off for him. Um, you know, you could understand him maybe as you said coming back. I mean, he had that tiny little cameo in like Spider Man Homecoming, for example, where he's the the gym, you know, instructional mm-hmm. video or the detention video, um, and, and even like you know his little tiny cameo in like Thor two and things like that. But it's for me, it's like do we really want to drudge this guy up? You know what I mean? Like I can understand bringing him back as, as in a, in a tiny multiverse like capacity, but I would, I would not want to see him back beyond that personally. I, I think you'd really have to come up with something very, you know, and, and, and Kevin Feige, I mean, he's a reliable producer at this point. I mean, I think he makes the right, the right calls the vast majority of the time. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel very, very little about this just because, yeah, there's a lot of speculation you can do, but at the same time, it's like, there's like almost like no speculation you can do because it's, it could literally be anything. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is that if you bring him back as, hum, as Human Torch, all those concerns you just had go away. We're not bringing up the character of Steve Rogers anymore. We're not, we're not, digging up that grave over there so we're gonna let it be and we're gonna have a, a whole new character come back but that's or I, true i feel like there's also like with the multiverse with alternate dimensions and stuff maybe there's like a version of earth where he didn't stay in the past after endgame and he did come back and continue moving forward maybe mm. we'll see something like that i don't know so yeah. they kind of like that MCU phase one, two, three version of, of Steve Rogers of Captain America is done. His chapter is over. And this is like a different guy with a different past and different memories or something. So oh, I don't know. It's treacherous. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, I think, at the least. Um, so wait and see. Wait and see, indeed. We've got a couple quick hitters here before we get into some WandaVision. Uh, I know this is one that, that you're very excited about. Want, or I almost said WandaVision, Nomadland uh, <laughs> is supposed to hit theaters at the end of January, I believe, uh, in like select theaters. And then at on February 19th, it'll go wide in theaters. And it's also going to release on Hulu the same day that it goes wide. So that's, again, we can't say it enough about people having <laughs> access to go see these movies without feeling like they're risking their lives so that's super exciting for something that was johnny's favorite movie and a huge oscar contender that that people are going to be able to actually see it and it's not just going to be some elite film critic movie that nobody's actually seen exactly um yeah i mean i hope uh, everyone should watch it 
<laughs> I mean, it'll be on streaming. They should put that on the, the commercial for it. Everyone, Quote, everyone should watch it. Johnny, inside the film room. <laughs> for real, though, it's a fantastic movie, and it's it's relevant. It's, you know, it's emotional, but I think there's a good amount of, like, humor and, and you know, lighter moments in there. So, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And this is good news. It's very good news. I wasn't expecting the Hulu um, access, but uh, as... Uh, searchlight film i think it's it's smart and and a good call definitely uh another piece that's right up johnny's alley kit bag that we spoke about a couple weeks ago the ridley scott film about napoleon bonaparte officially makes it officially official with joaquin <laughs> phoenix to star uh and also along with that they uh sold the rights of the movie to apple tv plus uh, so that's set to start filming in early 2022. So it's still a ways away, but get some of that good, good Apple money behind it. Uh, give some, some credibility. I know what it, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think yeah. that's, yep. that's going to be Apple TV Plus as well. So they're really kind of they're going trying to, to get these prestige movies on their platform. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, outside of that, we don't really know too much else it's uh but really what else do you need to know i mean i'm so unbelievably excited for this it's just and and this is something that was pointed out i think this was a deadline exclusive correct me if i'm wrong but um in that same article they were just talking about how this is a kind of film that hollywood would usually be chomping at the bite to make and every studio would be in on it like 20 25 years ago um but it's not really a movie they make anymore so uh apple Apple picking it up, I think, is the absolute best outcome or something like Amazon. Um, basically, one of the biggest companies in the history of the world that can just throw money at it. <laughs> um, and I think it's going to get everything it needs to, you know, be a success and be something that, you know, Ridley Scott uh, can make, you know, to the best of his ability. So I'm, I'm super excited to see where it goes from here. Definitely. A couple more pieces. This is going to lead us into our WandaVision review. We've got some MCU slash MCU adjacent news. Morbius, the Jared Leto-led vampire movie from Sony and the Spider-Verse over there, moves from March 19 of this year to October 8th. I feel like that's, uh, I don't know if that's production related, I would assume, but, you know, a little more in line, I guess you could say. I feel like vampires in general, spooky season, put that in October, yeah. probably fits a little better than March, but, you know, <laughs> sounds good to me. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, that shift? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep it moving then. <laughs> Speaking of the Spider-Verse, a couple set photos from the filming of Spider-Man 3. Uh, is that, that's in Atlanta, right? I know they did some New York stuff, yeah. and, but most yeah. of it's going down in Atlanta. Um, and some snow, some Christmas decorations, and some windows. So it looks to be set at Christmas time. Obviously we know the release date is December 17th. So you have a theory on what that, that name could be. <laughs> it's certainly not an original theory, but, uh, right. It's, it's been, <laughs> it's been circulating, but seems like it could be the way to go. Um, certainly well, we a lot had of homecoming. Off. We had homecoming. We had yep. far from home. So home for the holidays sounds certainly in also, line and, the you talked about the christmas decorations and the snow and everything some other new fresh set picks came out today and zendaya is she's like working in the shop i don't know if you saw him on twitter but she's like in a uniform and she's like working in there and peter's like going in to visit and like maybe picking something up there's also like hanukkah decorations on the window 
And it's a, a great time to remind everyone that Peter Parker is canonically Jewish, everyone. So, hey, maybe we're finally getting Jew Peter Parker in the MCU. It's possible. It's possible. I'm looking at these set photos right now. So, you know, I can see it. But a lot of people are also pointing out, you know, the uh, the uniform she's wearing, kind of reminding people of, of uh, Kirsten Dunst as, as uh, Mary Jane in the Raimi movies. Um, so we might really be getting some, some you know, kind of callbacks to the older films. I'm seeing some uh, different posters, a newsstand with some, this is a video of it and there's different posters. It's like one of them is a photo of Mysterio and it says, mm -hmm. I believe. And there's another one that says like, citizens defending Spidey. And there's still like missing <laughs> posters from people who disappeared during the blip. There's... Yeah. A lot, yeah, really, a lot going really on here. Out, potentially, yeah. It's going to be, we, I mean, we still have literally no idea what this movie is going to be about. I mean, honestly, um, Mysterio, anyone could be Mysterio, right? I mean, if you have the suit and the technology and the crew to run it, um, you know, you don't necessarily need Jake Gyllenhaal. We'll have to, to wait and see. I mean, a ton to be to be figured out there but final piece i guess we have two more pieces quick mcu stuff ethan hawk who famously shat on superhero movies is now he's lived long enough to see himself become a villain apparently joining the cast of moon knight and will face off against oscar isaac as the the series main villain so maybe he's justifying that turn by saying it's a tv show and not a movie but uh that's yeah. some star power there. Some yeah. very, very serious, uh, well-known actors going up against each other. That's great. And then, as we've already seen now with WandaVision, we're about to talk about it. It seems like the TV shows might be getting a little bit more creative freedom than even the movies are and, and can do a little bit, you know, artistic or avant-garde things that Ethan Hawke might be interested in. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that show goes from here. <laughs> For sure. Well, last piece, Deadpool 3. Kevin Feige confirmed it will be R-rated. It will be part of the MCU. Two questions that people had had about the Merc with a mouth and two answers that I think will make people very happy. So, you know, yeah. not much else that we know about that beyond that, but uh, that's reassuring to hear. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what everyone wants. That's what we're going to get. So I'm glad Kevin Feige kind of understands that and isn't going to try to fix what ain't broken. Can't Disneyfy Deadpool. I think he's he is who he is. It, absolutely. All right. Well, all that MCU news is done. So let's move into our MCU review. WandaVision episodes one and two dropped last Friday on Disney Plus. The long-awaited return to the Marvel Cinematic and Televisionatic universe after nothing in 2020. We've had a full year without anything. Uh, this is the first of the MCU series. It'll be followed by Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then Loki this year, as well as Black Widow and the Eternals. I guess just Eternals. Uh, but I kind of want to, let's talk about this in, obviously we had two episodes. Johnny and I have seen the third one again, but we're not going to talk about that because no spoilers. Of course, respect Marvel, respect the, the surprises here. Um, but I just want to talk before we get into like episode specifics or the plot or anything. What were your expectations going in? I know we both said we expected it to be weird and out there and it certainly fit the bill. 
Um, but like the production, the style, the, the different, the way they pulled off the different eras, all of that, how did you, what was just general reaction to it? I liked it a lot. I, I thought that it delivered on, on those promises and kind of what they seemed like they set out to do with the show. Um, it's funny. It's genuinely funny. I think that first episode in particular, which I still think is my favorite. I've only seen them all once now, but um, it, it's like the funniest like episode of a sitcom that I've seen in years. <laughs> um, and, and so I think that's a testament to really how much they are committed to that, that the sitcom style and even just this, they have like totally fleshed out storylines set in that type of style and with, with um, that setting and, uh, you know, but while still incorporating, you know, bits of the MCU and bits of, you know, maintaining the characters of like Wanda and Vision and, you know, not, um, you know, uh, having things out of balance, I guess you could say. Um, while the sitcom stories are like legit and feel like they could be something you'd see in the 50s or 60s, they're totally based around these characters. Um, like, for example, there's, in the second episode, um, there's a bit where Vision gets messed up <laughs> because he like swallows chewing gum um, and he's not mm -hmm. supposed to like, eat or drink or anything. So it's like, that would never happen in like any other context, but it's funny. As, as yeah, that's not a, a, a subplot in Age of Ultron where... <laughs> exactly. Um, and and it, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work in a typical MCU movie probably and it wouldn't work in just a regular sitcom with regular people. So... Um, it's it's inventive, it's creative, it's fun, but they still have those little hints that something like dark and unsettling and sinister is going on and things aren't how they seem. Um, and kind of going back to that Truman Show bit that I was talking about earlier in the show, uh, where they're kind of, kind of starting to figure things out and are noticing that things are not normal, especially Wanda in particular, um, because as we all know, Vision is not actually alive anymore he was killed in the mcu by thanos so spoilers um spoilers for that movie from two years ago three years ago now um but yeah it it's uh i'm i'm really enjoying it and it is a little bit of a certainly a change of pace and change of style from people that are maybe to, you know only used to mcu movies they're only used to big blockbuster movies where there's a ton of action a ton of explosions and things are very straightforward and you don't really have to read into things too much um and, and while this, again, the show isn't exactly, you know, it's not David Lynch and it's not like, um, you know, the, the most uh, art house thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It, it is, uh, you know, not a full blown action movie or, you know, something completely reliant on um, superhero knowledge, I guess you could say. I think you could watch this and be, uh, you know, still entertained and kind of like figuring things out. Um, and not having to worry about all the other connections necessarily. Yeah, I'm with you. I This was an absolute delight, I would say. Like, it was so fun and it felt so, like you're saying, like disconnected from everything in the MCU, which it kind of is because it's like, we assume like this is some fake reality that Wanda has created and she's living inside her head or somebody's like put her in a, a dream state or I don't know but like this is not connected to real life events that are going on. So it's kind of, that allows it to be its own little world. Um, and you feel that as a viewer too, because you're just kind of able to enjoy these one-off individual things so far, at least we expect there will be some sort of flip to the real MCU and mm. figure out what's actually happening. But, you know, I 
never really watched I mean I like I, I guess I watched like some Andy Griffith show as like a kid with my fan but it's not like I've we obviously were not alive in the era of TV that this is replicating. I don't know about you, but I have not really ever made a, made like a intentional decision to go back and watch these style of TV shows. So I'm not like incredibly familiar with it, but it was still like, yeah. You, as we, people who listen to this know that I'm not like crazy about like very old movies. So, but like, mm. it's not like I was like dreading that. I feel like they do a nice job of like, translating that charm into like mm -hmm. it is it feels like it's old but it also feels new and, and obviously like the fact that these are marvel characters helps but you know when your biggest like it, it's very of that era that like the biggest obstacle in the show is that the boss is coming over for dinner and we don't have a uh <laughs> we don't have something in the oven yet you know that's like not a crazy like typical marvel like antagonist or anything like that you know but it's still like very entertaining and very fun exactly and i think that's definitely a testament to i mean if you again you said you typically don't like older movies you haven't gr like grown up watching old sitcoms or anything haven't gone back and watched them so i think if you can enjoy it and like appreciate it and like vibe with you know these like sitcom storylines and that that kind of format i think pretty much anyone could um especially if you're you know, a fan of the MCU or a fan of these characters in general. Yeah, for sure. So do you want to kind of go, we'll go at first episode and then second episode and just yeah. kind of talk about it a little bit more. So episodes did not get title names or anything like that. So it was just episode one and episode two. The first, obviously kicking things off. Um, I would say this is an I Love Lucy inspired uh, Dick Van Dyke show. Like those two were the biggest probably influences from what I could tell myself and what I, what I read, but yeah. obviously Definitely this is 50s, 50s setting. Right. It's very domestic of like vision goes off to work. Wanda's at home cooking and <laughs> gossiping and like all that, th those like gender roles from th that time period. But yeah, we get the introduction. They're moving. We still don't know what, what's going on as in like, like you mentioned, vision's dead. We don't know how this is happening, but they're moving from wherever into this small town and they're trying to, to set up who they are and, and like mesh themselves into the community. Um, but obviously, as I mentioned, the biggest, the, the obstacle here is that Vision's off at work. They both have this, this day on the calendar that has a heart on it and they don't know what it is. Is it a holiday? Is it a anniversary? Is it a birthday? Neither can remember, but in typical hijinks of old sitcoms, they neither will reveal it to the other that they don't know so they wanda thinks it's an anniversary but then vision finds out that their boss his boss at work mr hart is coming over for dinner with his wife and hijinks ensue as one's preparing for for a romantic night and the other one's trying to salvage a, a work dinner so that's kind of the foundation of what we get there uh what any any thoughts any specific discussion points you want to hit in that yeah, I, I just, I thought it was a really clever story. It's kind of like, it's like a little bit of a mystery because you're like trying to figure out along with the characters what this heart is all about. Um, you know, the obvious things they kind of like get out of the way, like birthday, anniversary, something like that. And then I think, I thought the stuff with Vision at work was real funny. Um, him trying to like blend in and just be a good employee and, and uh, 
and then as he's computating boss. everything way faster than anybody else because yeah. he's literally a computer yeah and then once you figure okay there's this dinner thing and, and they're going back and um i thought all the best stuff was definitely once his boss and his boss's wife showed up and they were in the house um i thought that was just hilarious and that i was like that was when i was like okay this is like genuinely funny and like clever um and so i enjoyed that a lot and then the highlight for me was once they got you know there's all that stuff happening in the house and then at the dinner table this is when you get a bit of the the more surreal aspect of it um especially in that you know there's this discourse i'm not going to get into it really much at all but like with the David Lynch kind of influence or like elements you might say. And I think that, you know, as a fan of Twin Peaks and as a fan of David Lynch in general, like I can totally see some of that influence popping up. And it's this part of the dinner table where um, the boss is like choking, like he's eating dinner and he's like choking. And the wife is like, stop it. Like she's like, his wife is telling him to like, stop. Like she thinks it's like funny or like a joke or something. Um, but she just says it over and over and over and he's still joking and, and like Wanda and Vision are just looking at each other like they're like is this really happening like what's going on and it's just it's very unsettling it, it's definitely bizarre and, and like I was just very I was I was surprised by that that moment like that kind of style um, it definitely yeah. seemed like a break in the the reality like a glitch yeah. in the in the, well, uh, the simulation Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is you can't, well, we don't really know at this point, you've looked up a little bit more than I have, but um, you can't really tell what's real and what isn't real. Or like, what is real is the question, right? Um, we have hints of how this may be happening exactly, what is being presented to Wanda, um, what Wanda is presenting to herself. It's really tricky. Um, but yeah, that moment's certainly certainly a key part of it. And then and it gave me vi- I know I mentioned it to you. It gave me I'm thinking of ending things vibes of yes, just like absolutely. Yeah. the surrealism of especially being at a dinner table. That was like Tony Collette, something she would have done in yeah. <laughs> in uh I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, there's no question. And again, that's those surrealist elements popping in and, and just it's unsettling, it's it's creepy. Um and I like that. I'm like, hey, yeah, hell yeah, let's get some more of that here. Because it, the rest of the episode is fairly standard. Like, it's it's a sitcom. It's funny. It's, you know, the little romance aspects are playing into it as well. But then this moment, it's like, okay, something is happening and this is not normal. And this is where the intrigue is really coming in and finding out more about the story, potentially. Yeah, and then the fact that they, after Vision uses his powers to remove the uh-huh. sausage or whatever it was they just are like okay great yeah. night time to go home like leave, yeah some something wasn't right there and the the reality that whether it was a real reality or something that is being projected onto wanda and vision um and then we get the little tease at the end of the fact yeah. that okay yeah. the the show <laughs> ends and it's like credits but these are fake credits it's a credit they're credits for this show because you know in the introduction in the coming on they're billed as wanda maximoff and vision it's not yeah. elizabeth olsen and paul bettany that yeah. comes at the very end when like a show we zoom the, show. the tv yeah it's a show within the show that they zoom out and someone's at a computer watching this production of wanda vision and we get 
I can't remember if it's in this one. I think it's actually in the second episode, but the voice that's like Wanda, who's doing this? Yeah, that's in the second one. So we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we haven't mentioned Catherine Hahn as Agnes, who's another she's so very good. stereotypical character of the nosy neighbor, um, which yeah. I think she just absolutely like rocks this. She's just so funny. She's she's very. I think she's overlooked a lot or like underrated as an actor and and. I loved her in Private Life, that Netflix movie from a couple years ago with Paul Giamatti. And then I think a lot of people know her, of course. She's uh, Doc Ock and in Into the Spider-Verse. She did the voice for that, which is, which is really fun. Um, I saw a tweet with a couple screenshots from different movies she's been in. And it was yeah. saying that like no one can just like seamlessly blend into whatever era yeah. or whatever they're supposed to be like she can. Because it was and She's like the crazy about- wife and stepbrothers. Yeah, she's the crazy wife and stepbrothers. She's done like bad moms. But yeah. then she's also done like the the dramatic stuff, like you were mentioning with Private Life. Um, I'm trying to. I, I'm looking at her IMDb now. She's in Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, she, but then she's also the mom in We're the Millers. You know, with, with she, yeah. she's the 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 crazy sex mom yeah. that that they meet. <laughs> but then she's also like in this 1950s time period and doesn't look out of place. No, she's so, she's so good. I mean, she especially in that first episode. I mean, her performance is really on point. And uh, I'm curious. I mean, she's been, well, she was in both episodes. Yeah, uh, she was in, she was in both. She's the, it's, it's fun that like, we're shifting, everybody's recur. shifting along. It's not like this, each episode is like an anthology or something. It's not like they're playing different characters. They're all the same characters and they all move through the eras through the eras as, together, as yeah. the the episode does yeah and so well you talked about and I, I think um there are other hints at like things that might be tying into it like for example there's the at the end when the credits are happening because we were talking about that um and there's the person taking the notes right watching like mm-hmm. the monitor um and they have that like symbol. I, I can't right. even remember exactly what the symbol. It's like a circle with like a with like three lines through it, kind of, and like one is yeah. longer. Um, and so it's like, what the hell? I it's nothing I've ever seen in any of them. And that you symbol is pop. That symbol's pop. I I didn't really look into it, so I don't know what it is or haven't researched. But it's popped up a couple times throughout the first two episodes. Yeah, um, it definitely has. Absolutely. It's on the again. Well. I guess we'll just kind of transition into talking about the second one, but when she finds the helicopter in the second mm-hmm. episode that has, that is red and gold Iron yeah. Man colors, basically. Yeah. Uh, that has it on there. Um, there's, I'm trying to think what else I want to say the, there's a jacket, the guy that crawls out of the, the beekeeper at the end of the oh, second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. He's got that on there. Let's, let's talk we'll get that's obviously the big reveal at the end of the second episode so let's kind of talk through that second or first sorry one more thing about the first episode we haven't mentioned is the commercials each episode has like a time period relevant commercial in the middle of it the first one was for a brand new toaster from stark industries so that's a fun little easter egg i don't know this one particularly i don't think there's going to be like grand connections that the toaster is important i think that was more of just like a fun thing yeah but in the second one uh 
the commercial is the watch and it's like the hydra it has hydra on it and it's the uh, called a strucker watch which is uh baron strucker if you mm. remember that name um yeah he was in he's actually the person who was experimenting on wanda and pietro in age of ultron he's a hydra member baron wolfgang von strucker um so a fun little tie in there that maybe is this hydra is this uh are these the people who are doing this to wanda somehow who knows yeah i mean lots of thing too is is um you know hydra was eliminated quote unquote um in the in, in the mcu uh especially with shield kind of being destroyed and kind of like rebuilt and, and, and everything else um so th- again that's another status quo altering thing that if it is in fact true could you know make be you know it's very significant moving forward uh it, yeah well that's going back to the thing because we don't know you know are, is this are the people controlling her or you know watching her observing her whatever are they remnants of of hydra slash shield or are they just the u.s government in a you know with some other one one connection here is that we know that randall park has been cast in this uh the actor randall park and he was jimmy woo in uh the ant-man movies he was the fbi agent who was like tracking down paul rudd and he was a former former shield agent who was uh who went to the, go to the FBI and I'm pretty sure that that's his voice at the end of episode two saying, Wanda, who is doing this to you? Wanda. Oh, I was trying to figure out who that was. I think, I mean, I'm, I may be wrong, but I think that was his voice. Um, so I don't know if that's somebody trying, if Wanda's trapped and someone's experimenting and then like him and the good guys, quote unquote, are trying to get to her and rescue yeah. her or what the deal is there. But yeah, I, I think, the second episode obviously the intro at least was bewitched the that was like the animated intro um and this is kind of a little more like it wasn't like scandalous but like you could tell that like it's like 60s now right time has got moved forward tv has gotten a little more comfortable we've got them in bed together they we've got her in like a little jumpsuit for the the magic act we've got a little more like scandalous discussion i guess well it's even Um, self like referential because they kind of acknowledge that like with with the outfit like she says oh no this is your outfit like (laughs) right um but i it also so so bewitched was like the main vibes but i also got a little twilight zone type just kind of because this is where like you said the first one with the exception of that dinner scene was like very just generic i think but then this one was like okay things aren't right like we've got the helicopter that i mentioned we've got the guy at the at the end coming out of the sewer with the the beekeeper suit on and that symbol like yeah this is kind of like who knows what's going on here yeah um (laughs) well talking again the the episode you know correct me if i'm wrong but i feel again for the most part was uh fairly standard like sitcom style episode like the comedy and the storyline and everything um you know it's funny and, and and there's you know the romantic elements as well and then at the end 
they go outside and they're like, what is that? Because at the beginning, there's that noise with the branches hitting the window. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you're not, the, like the viewer is not sure what that noise is. And then they realize, you know, she's trying to wake up Vision and they're, they're sleeping in separate beds, which I thought was hilarious. Um, talking again about how that transition from, you know, more 50s to the 60s, getting you know, less conservative and like more risque, I guess you could say. Um, they, you know, they realize it's branches and then she like, they magically like, bring their beds together and then they like start like making out um like under the covers i thought that was funny and then again they come back to at the end after she's already found the helicopter and and whatnot um you know what's that noise they go outside and they it's just so creepy and unsettling like i think they do something with like the, the sound design here but um they just look there's this guy just crawling out of this out of the sewer um wearing a beekeeper outfit and he like turns to them and then i think it is it wanda who says wanda like, says no and yeah. she like rewinds right she basically just like creates a whole new reality and so it goes back to the point where because we had just revealed that she had like the baby bump and so then yeah. it goes back to the point where she asks vision like is this really happening yeah and then it's just yeah. like he's like yes and they kiss and it's like a happy ending versus like this spooky ominous ending so yeah exactly well i think that 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 ending quote unquote that the thing with the beekeeper coming out mirrored the choking moment during the the dinner scene of the first episode where it's like it's just like a bizarre like unexpected like uh like it's it's the break in the simulation of like this perfect life that they're trying to put together which obviously we know can't last because he's dead. Exactly. But, and in this, in this second episode, it was even more literal because she just changes it. Um, right. And then moves on t- to something happier. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, then, it, uh, and we also get at the end the, uh, the transition to color mm-hmm. um, as everything comes to, it signifies them moving forward again in time. We, the third episode is in color and I, I guess that's like 70s. Um, yeah. I didn't know a specific show that maybe that was trying to emulate, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I nothing in particular uh, stuck out to me, but I'm, I'm sure someone with more television history. We'll have that. some reading done by next week to talk about that. I, I, the um, one thing that kind of stuck out to me, mainly with like what the house, because the house transforms as well, not just the color, right? Um, like the Brady Bunch, it kind of reminded me, yeah. Of that the staircase especially but um yeah i'm excited i mean i like i'm liking the transitions and like just the real commitment i mean i read up on it as well after the fact um and like for each episode they actually use they said they went through hundreds of like camera lenses and like lighting fixtures and things so it was actually lit and photographed as closely as possible to what it would have been lit and photographed like in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s so the attention to detail is just really cool like commendable um, and I'm, I'm, i mean i think it's nice that they're really you know this the the uh story is kind of informing like the form that they're using you know what i mean and and the tools mm-hmm. that they're utilizing i think that's just pretty pretty awesome and i'm excited to see how that continues um i want to talk go back we didn't really talk about the actual like specifics of this episode yet but the big the big event basically well there's two things of like first off they're split up and so 
like Wanda's fitting in. The whole idea is like fitting in here. We're, we're in yeah. this new community. We want to be a part of it and blend in. So Wanda's off with the women. They're learning about like how to set up the talent show and everything, the community event for charity for the children. And then the vision is off with the community watch, which is basically like a, a cover so that they can all just like hang out and chew bubble gum and, and swap stories. And so like you said, he swallows the gum and that kind of inhibits their magic show which they're going to do and wanda has to come up with a way to keep him from actually showing off his real magic um which again it's just like your typical like very like light-hearted tv hijinks like it's nothing too complex uh which is very like of the era but we also get the new character of geraldine played by tiana paris um which we know she's going to be playing Monica Rambo from Captain Marvel. So mm-hmm. her like fake name in this simulation that she has also been thrust into is Geraldine. Um but I think that's she's basically like the only person who's nice to Wanda so they kind of hit it off and connect. And yeah. it's interesting uh I it's hard cuz I'm like remembering things from the third episode and I don't want to like I can't mix those in here and and give things away or anything so it's yeah. it's so hard yeah well that's a good thing i mean you know obviously they're doing something right because we're excited to kind of <laughs> could dig into where, where it goes from here but um yeah no I, I just thought as you said there's kind of that it's like it is like a sitcom like the storytelling it's like a sitcom for me i mean there's a and just i mean it's a typical format of of a lot of you know even movies as well but just that that kind of a plot and the b plot like the a plot in this the second episode is you know it's about wanda again trying to fit in they're doing this the the town is coming together and they're putting on this this like show um like making plans for that and then on the b side of things you have vision you know fucking up and and swallowing this gum and like he's showing up to the thing and they're like not like it's not going like how it should and she's one of the I thought one of the best moments of the whole show so far one of the funniest moments was the actual magic show where they he's doing he things that he himself able to do. and, then, yeah, and right. she has to consistently keep up with him to change it and make it look like oh it's just fake it's not like he doesn't have powers like <laughs> i don't have powers like it's just normal you know um so i thought that was really really funny um I just, I just thought it was cleanly done. It all tied together well. Um, and there was a little bit more going on in this episode than even the first one as far as actual stories and how they're linking up. Yeah, I would say, I know you were very high on the first episode, but I think my, this was my favorite of the, definitely of the two and even of the three that we got to, to check out early. Um, but I, I just like really liked everything about this. I think it's, very like we've said i don't want to like beat it to death but it's fun and it's light and it's super enjoyable but then also like i know johnny didn't want to get into this is the difference between us of like me being like the person who's like okay it's over i'm gonna immediately google things and figure it out but you're kind of like okay i don't want to watch a trailer even because i just want to be surprised by (laughs) it but like within seconds of it ending i'm on the mcu fandom page and it's yeah. kind of, you know, you know how that page works of just like, it's kind of like a Wikipedia where you can like click within the articles. And so I was like, looked up one thing. I'll say I Googled Marvel beekeeper after the second episode. <laughs> um, 
found something and then like yes. clicked and then like just from reading a couple and like clicking on some, a couple things and going from here to here to there like i can it's not i don't know anything about like the plot that's coming or anything like that but like right i was able to get from like one thing that happened into the episode with a couple clicks to something else that was tied in and like i can see nothing concrete but like a little web of like different things that these are all like revolving within the same sort of like obviously universe but like a little bit closer of a group you know right no i mean that's, that's exciting to have that just it, that thrill of like trying to figure out what's happening that's yeah, obviously something that's kind of permeated the entire mcu for as long as we can remember with these movies to kind of have that back is is a lot of fun yeah and i think and to that point as well i think this more than really anything else so far is making people think and try to connect dots and and um you know figure just figure out what the hell is going on because it's the most surreal it's the most you know kind of confusing and and not not straightforward you know i think project that they've done so um again i think it's it's exciting uh i i'm very curious to see where it goes from here i look forward to you know checking out each episode each week um yeah, it also gives me, you know, gets me excited to see more Marvel shows as well. Because even though they're all going to be different and having different characters and their own stories going on, it's it'll be nice to have something where it's like a weekly thing. You just get to get another half hour, another hour with you know characters that you like and have been watching, you know, t- ten years or you know more even. Right, definitely. And this is so we've got nine episodes of this, and they're about. So far, they're about 30 minutes a piece. So we'll see what happens. I, I feel like there'll be maybe one that's 45 or one, you know, kind of like how Mando is, that it kind of ranges. Um, but yeah, excited to see where this goes. And like we mentioned, this is at least going to be a discussion at the top, if not a full episode dedicated to it, as we see how how intense things get going along. But this is a lot of fun. Like Johnny said, excited to have this back and use it as something that can bring us all together to, to talk about. So if you have theories and you want to talk, cause Johnny won't talk to me about theories or anything, any <laughs> speculation, hit me up, slide in my DMS, let's chat. But uh, other than that, thank you all for listening today. This is as always a ton of fun to get to talk and to, to get to hear feedback from you all on social media. So thank you again for, for tuning in. Absolutely. We couldn't do it without your support. And then uh, again, it's, it's, fun you know wandavision and having a show like this and mcu is just a reminder that you know we're all we're all loving the same things and we're just you know are happy to share it with uh you know other people so uh follow us connect with us on on social media twitter instagram tiktok uh give us a like on facebook subscribe on youtube where we post all of our podcast episodes um and you can find those accounts at inside film room And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, wherever you want to get a podcast. We're there. Tune in inside the film room and come back next week. We'll see what we're talking about. It's still up in the air. Maybe WandaVision (laughs) episode three. Who knows? Come back and find out. We'll talk to you then. (laughs) 